Right. I brought the fixtures. Beautiful. All the results from the weekends. Did you enjoy the derby? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, because we didn't play to the best of our abilities. I don't think Everton showcased what, what well what we've shown to be so far this season. Um, and yet we still got our results. I felt that there was a lot more that we could have done in the game equally. I think we nullified them quite well. Um, I mean, Liverpool's first goal, obviously the catch was cold. Yeah. Liverpool's second goal is very fortuitous because it's a poor ball into the box. Mina could probably do better with it instead of just putting it back into the danger zone, look to get a touch to move it behind. But then in those split seconds, um, sometimes you do make mistakes and you will be culpable for them. That said, I don't think Liverpool really created too much after that. Um, Matip's header was good from the corner. That, um, that obviously Pickford saved. Uh, yeah, and then Mane was was obviously clearly offside. So uh, there's not even a discussion to be had on that one. <laughs> clearly offside. It's 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 looked. At... We weren't great. I think they played probably to the best of the ability that they had on the day because they played some really good football. Liverpool, to be fair to them, yeah, played some really good football. But point in cases, it wasn't wasn't enough to beat us. That shows how the mentality has changed around the club, and I've spoken about it before on this show. Obviously, there's a mentality change at the club, and that's what Ancelotti's brought into us, um, which I would say is probably the most important signing that Everton have made in yes. possibly the last 10, 15 years. And you're starting to see how that's incorporated now in terms of setting up and being clever against teams who are quote-unquote better than us um, or have better players. He's found a system. That that suits. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a good game. I thought if you if you were a neutral, you'd have been made up with watching it. But for the fan, it's 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 always a hard watch a derby. Always for Nevertonian anyway. The Liverpool fans usually watch it and just think three points move on. That's how it's been, but not this I th- time. I think it's a very good point for you, considering they've beaten um, Chelsea and Arsenal this season. Mm. Um, in the end, they ended up beating us comfortably. Although it wasn't necessarily a, a, a bad game, they they beat Arsenal quite comfortably. But so I think it's a good result for you. Obviously, their their third goal is a bit of a well, what would have been their third goal is a howler from Pickford. Um, but Mane is offside based on the new based on the rulings. You know, I don't want to see that offside ultimately, but it is offside. So everyone saying it's a disgrace and moaning about it. It's it that that's the rules. Like we've all lost one and not over the last like year or so? We've lost a few. Um due yep. to similar incidents with VAR over the last year. We've moaned about it. Um, there have been some changes and as you've alluded to there, this is a, a new ruling whereby obviously it's the top half of the arm so from the sleeve up. Um wouldn't be handballs so you can score the goal with that body part there, but it can then be offside. So by the time Mane's ran in and I've seen the pictures on on the TV and I've, I've seen it back on the internet as I'm sure everybody else has where they stop it and say that's where he's offside it was the second the ball is struck and his arm is just yeah. slightly and I'm talking centimetres away but by the letter of the law whether we agree with it or not he's offside yeah exactly he is offside They would. the thing is they wouldn't have called it as um as offside if it wasn't. Although I have heard, I have uh, read the conspiracy theory that um, the Premier League did it as a payback for Liverpool suggesting Project Big Picture, which I, I liked that one. 
and then United oh, go and get right. a penalty in the next game. So, yeah, so... Conspiracy yeah, only exactly. against Liverpool. There's a typical theme here, isn't there? Oh, yeah, 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 massive theme. Yeah. Um, yeah, I th- obviously, Adrian with... Is it the Calvert-Lewin goal? Heads it straight at him? Uh, no, that was Michael. Oh, Michael Keane. Yeah, Michael yeah. Keane, sorry. No, Michael Keane. Yeah, poor from uh, Adrian. Uh, the Cavaloon goal, like you say, that goal's a good goal. The Yerry Mina one, when he just boots it clear, you like you said, you you are going to get punished when you're playing against the best and Salah's currently one of the best and he's going to punish you for it. Do you want to talk about the Van Dyke injury then? I know yeah. you've been wanting to know. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. It's collisions yeah. happen in football. Rob Green mm-hmm. hit the nail on the head this week. Um, I've watched it a couple of times with... And he's right, Pickford's watching the flight of the ball. Yeah. And he's thinking, I can come, I can come. And then he, he obviously realises, oh, maybe I can't. And as his eyes drawn away from the ball, he realises Van Dyke's on top of him. And Van Dyke is, what, six foot five, six foot six? He's a, he's a mountain of a man. And he's on top of him. And he, as far as Pickford knows, he's going to either smash me or smash the ball. So Pickford does what all goalkeepers do in close contact. He makes himself as big as possible and throws himself yeah. at the ball. Now, the fact remains that he has hit Van Dyke. But if you have a look at if you have a look at the actual impact, Pickford impacts on Van Dyke's right leg. Yeah. And it's his left leg he holds is the issue. So I don't think I don't think that's caused the injury. Yeah, but which one was planted? Was his left leg planted? I think it was his right. I think his right planted. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, look, whichever one was planted and whichever one got injured, it's a collision and they happen. Pickford's not gone to do him. People are not going on thinking, I've got to hit Van Dyke. I mean, let's be honest, you, you watched you watched the game, didn't you? Yes. So, first five minutes, Van Dyke goes in, overly aggressive on James Rodriguez to let him know you're in a game, bang, there's one. He does exactly yeah. the same to Calvert-Lewin. He gives away two free kicks because of it within the space of the first five minutes. So, you can't then complain when there's a collision against that same player. That was nope, completely nope. accidental. Yeah, no one would be saying a thing. The thing, there's two things for me. No one would be saying a thing if he hadn't got injured. If he'd have got up and walked off and carried on playing the rest of the game, no one would say a thing. Like we no, would no, literally, no. Would, and I know that seems obvious to point out, but no one would be talking about the tackle. Secondly, if Jordan Pickford didn't have a reputation for being quite clumsy, this also wouldn't be as big of an issue. I feel like if it had been another goalkeeper in the league, it would have been a quote-unquote unfortunate moment. If this was Fabianski for West yeah. Ham and the playing yeah. against West Brom and Hal robson Canu is through and Fabianski does exactly the same, you get, oh, could have been a penalty today, but it wasn't. Poor Hal robson Canu's picked up an injury, move on. What are the media darlings up to next? What are, what are Liverpool or United doing next? And that's how <laughs> it would have gone. But because it was Van Dijk and because it's Liverpool, you've got to make this mountain out of a molehill. People have been injured before. What, I, what I'm worried for as a football fan is Van Dijk is 29 years of age and this is potentially a career-threatening injury. We're hearing reports, and there's still nothing confirmed from Liverpool Football Club, by the way, but we're hearing com- reports of, oh, we could be out for seven, eight months, don't know. Yeah. If it's as bad as it can be at his age, you could be looking at a year out of football. If it's as bad as what we're hearing and what we're reading and stuff, I, I'd be surprised if he plays again this season. Mm. I mean, it depends. He might, you know, that he might end up going to a doctor in Barcelona or something. But Ian be back by March. But it's it would surprise me if they were back. And then you've got the Euros next summer as well. It would be surprise mm. me if he played in that. I mean, if he's playing some games by the end, they'll take him regardless. But it, it's it's a real shame for him. 
it is a shame. Pickford hasn't done it on purpose. It's one of these things. It's happened. I, I do feel like a, a bit of a mountain's being made out of it. Mm, massively, like you yeah. said, I mean, you, you'd think he died the way some of the posts are going on on yeah, social the, media. The echo of the first ones, weren't The echo put a book well, the condolences up. For an injured player, yeah, never done that. Never done that with Balassi. Done is they've never done it for McCarthy when he done his leg break. They never done it for Coleman when he had his leg broke. They never done it for Gomez when he had a dislocation fracture in his ankle. Because yeah. because it's it's only Everton players who cares. Oh Van Dijk, oh no, well he's good and he's just won a league. So let's let's make something out of this. Let's see how, what traction we can get with it. It's bullshit, mate. He's injured and yeah, it's 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 not great and you don't ever want to see a professional footballer who is at the top of his game. You don't want to see them missing out. You, you watch football because you want to be entertained. You want to see the best against the best. And him not being there does take away from Liverpool's season. It takes away from watching any Liverpool game. But equally, these things happen. You have to get on with it. Yeah. I think it was quite interesting as well, the way his injury sparked up the conversation again of who's the greatest ever Premier League centre-back. And I was like, interesting time to bring this up again. Who would you go for, though? Uh, Terry. It's John Terry, next question. It's the money with we'll carry on. Mm. Anyway, but yeah, no, good good point for you overall, I think. You could tell as well that Thiago and um, Sadio Mane were coming off the back of the coronavirus because um, they didn't look fully fit, and that's just understandable. They haven't trained in a couple of weeks, and they've come off a respiratory virus, but you could tell that they were flagging a bit. Mm. But uh, no, good point for you overall, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a shame, obviously... Richarlison sending off is just absolutely fucking stupid. There's no defending him. Oh, God. He, he, was, he, was he was wound up for a good 10 minutes before that happened, yeah. and you could see something was bubbling over. I mean, to be fair to him, as he goes into Thiago, if you watch it in slow motion, which always looks worse, as we yeah. said, if you watch it in slow motion, he does start to bring his foot down as he's going in, as he realises, hang on. Yeah. You know, he's flew in, he's thought, shit, yeah. and he's dropped his foot, so he hasn't fully contacted with Thiago. But that's the biggest, the biggest thing for me is missing Richarlison now. Um, and Hamez is obviously out as well due to uh, an injury sustained while Van Dijk was running around shouting I'm the daddy oh yeah is it from that one is it they think well Ancelotti's come out today and said he took a knock against Van Dijk he was able to play on but now he's come away and he's rested the injury surface which does happen uh, which can happen I think um, yeah that's the thing there was a lot of cries for Jordan Pickford to be sent off which I do find a little ironic, considering I can't remember what game it was this season when, you know, Sadio Mane threw the elbow early in someone's mm. face. I can't remember what game it was they played in. It might have been the Leeds game. It could have been our game. I genuinely can't remember. But I just remember he threw an elbow and then Var Var didn't even check it. And you're like, brilliant. But then City played um, Arsenal after. And uh, Gabriel, there was a high foot on Gabriel and Var didn't even look at it. Mm. It was a blatant pen. So it, it is getting a bit stupid, like the way it isn't isn't being used. And it seems like other games are affecting other, well, other games are then affecting games that are currently happening that have previously happened. Like, oh, well, that happened in that game, so we won't do it here. And you're like, no, take each 90 minutes in its own. I don't know. That's just me. I mean, the, the, the most interesting thoughts on VAR, or rather comment that I'd, I'd read over the week was um, one of the writers for the minute. I can't remember who it was. Might have been cross, I can't remember. But he said um, the problem with VAR is uh, it's it's subjective. It's it's still ran by a human. Yeah. And I was like, fucking hell, what did he think it was? A fucking Dyson vacuum making decisions? <laughs> of course it's run by a human. What was he thinking? It was fucking Terminator 2. <laughs> Skynet were calling the shots now. <laughs> so super computer. Hell. 
that, that that's the thing like we always say uh, as long as it's turned on goal line technologies uh, <laughs> flawless is flawless because it's it's just technology var is an assistant referee it's not actually technology it's someone using technology yeah yeah exactly the same as a flag and a whistle like they've got a control when it's used yes um and not skynet and not skynet i think good point yeah we could have lost it equally i think we could have won it but look we finished with 10 men um yeah we finished with 10 men you're playing against, quote-unquote, the best team in the world, apparently. The universe. Um, yeah, the whole universe, yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, we, we never looked out of our depth. We never looked beaten. Um, so it's just one of them. Is you take it and you move on. Obviously, we've got Southampton this week, so we'll see how we fare without two influential players. But we'll cover that in our next section. Tough team, Southampton. Great team. Mm. So like he's got a point. How did you get on last week? Hmm. Uh, three, the three through Southampton. Oh, interesting. How that tied yeah. in? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, 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 I don't know why anyone was. I, I these results don't surprise me. Um, one because our shirt sponsors three, so they've got to happen. It's almost written in the contract. But I, we're we're really good at the front, and we're shaky at the back when um, the starting when when the starting back. Five and I include the goalkeeper in the five aren't playing. It's shaky and it's always going to be. So when you haven't got Mendy in goal, which we didn't, we had Kepa, didn't have Thiago Silva, had Christiansen in, and we went with, excuse me, I believe we went with Aspilicueta at right back, mm. which, are, which isn't too much of the issue. But main the main two, unfortunately, are Mendy out for Kepa and Christiansen out for Thiago Silva. It made a huge difference. Kurt Zuma's Kurt Zuma the past few games has been making a lot of mistakes and he did it a lot against Sevilla um, the other night on Tuesday night as well. He's starting to get a bit risky and I, and I really want to see Tomori and Thiago Silva play together. If it, it's either going to be Tomori and Thiago Silva or Kurt Zuma and Thiago Silva. Um, Reese James did very well against Sevilla and I think it's getting to the point where I prefer to just see him start there. And Ben Chilwell is just leagues ahead of the other two but when we don't have that back five that played against Sevilla mm. starting in a game then we're going to leak goals um the goalkeeper I it just it gets to the point where I'm starting to feel sorry for him he just seems to doubt everything he does and I can't really blame him because every time a shot comes at him he's probably wondering if he's going to make the headlines on the papers or social media or people like me and you are going to end up talking about him like do you know what I mean like I actually get to the point where I'm starting to feel sorry for him um Christiansen's still a bit too weak, um, and it's actually it's actually Havertz that gives away the ball as well for one of the goals, um, and I think it just comes back to that thing if he still needs toughening up and getting used to the mental side of the game. Like he'd have pro- times, probably got a foul it? for that, and he'd have probably got a foul for that in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Like I don't know if you've seen it, he gets muscled off the ball, knocked over, gets played through, they're throwing goal. Um, he probably gets a free kick in the Bundesliga. And it's that you don't get that that doesn't wash. You you need to have a bit more about you in that sense. But in terms of the more positive side, the the forward line it's starting to come together and it looks great. I mean, Timo Werner up front, that's where he's got to play for me. Now, his two goals were fantastic. The first one picking up, drifting in, dances around about six of them in the box, and then drills it low. 
And then the second one's almost more impressive. Great ball over the top from Jorginho. And then just does the little juggle, flips it over, taps it in. He, he's world class. And he's starting to bed in now. Of course, I took him off captaincy in fantasy footy uh, yeah, this week. Yeah, the song. Because, you know, as it is. Um, Kai Everett's got the third goal, which is a tap-in. But the best part about that goal for me is that it proves Timo Werner's not greedy. Because you wouldn't have blamed him for having the shot. But he just squares it. It's in. Guaranteed goal. Does the business. What score was that point? Uh, it I, sorry, it went that, that would have that made it um three two the right. the Havertz. Yeah, 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 they brought one back. The Danny Ings goal was when Havertz gave the ball away for half time. Just go finish that. Uh, then yeah, it was yeah. Then the Shea Adams goal immediately after Timo squares it for Kai, and you're thinking right, okay, Sam, now they'll box it out. You know. Ziyech comes on and Ziyech did well. He's starting to get back and and whatnot. Next minute you see and um, Rhys James comes on for Pulisic. They've done this a few times where Rhys James ends up coming on on the wing. So it makes it more defensive because he can sort of play up there. And then Tammy Abraham comes on for Timo Werner just at the end, you know, to kind of just round it out. And then they score that that last minute equaliser. Theo strikes it in the centre-back. Best to guard. Knocks it in. I'm... I, I, I've I seen it and I was like, oh my God. I mean, I was I didn't watch it because it's fifteen pound and I'm not paying to watch it. And I was painting and like I seen the phone and I was like, yeah, three two right ninetieth minute right phone down carry on. And then I think I went back to it like half an hour later and I seen me drawn. I was like, it wasn't even a surprise. It was just right. Okay, it's been another one of them. I think these are gonna happen all season until it fully bedded in everyone's fit. Um, I don't think that result happens if Mendy plays. I think there's a lot more security the back. I think the back four is more confident when Mendy's in there from what I've seen. Then the likes of Kante and Jorginho as well along with that. I think the whole squad looks better with just that goalkeeper in. It's more assertive. It's more commanding. And then Thiago Silva makes a huge difference as well for obvious reasons. PSG look like they're missing. Oh, I've seen them the other night mm. against United watching the highlights. They like they're missing. But yeah, so yeah, 3-3. Three, three. I'm honestly not surprised. <laughs> but yeah, it is what it is. What are your thoughts on Frank? Fine. Not even in the slightest bit concerned. He inherited a team that needed work doing to it, and he wasn't allowed to do it for a year. And we've had these results. These result kind of results have been going on since we won the league under Conte. They've been happening in Conte's second year, all of the Sarri year, last year under Frank, and now. Like, it is frustrating, and it is slightly like tedious. To see it again, you're like, right, three, that's another 3-3 three, three draw. We've managed to score three draw, three goals in two games, separate games, and walk away with just a point. It is getting frustrating, but it's an issue that we've needed to resolve for a while. It's an issue we've pretty much needed to resolve since Terry left. With the most secure we've ever looked defensively recent times was when Conte played his back five. So the defensive issues that are costing us points here, I think they're trying to resolve, but they, they need to take time. I'm really not concerned about Frank at all. I, I don't think there's any issues currently. From the outside looking in, as obviously I do with Chelsea, because I'm not a fan. I don't, you know, yeah. subscribe to the fanzines as you do. Wow. I don't we'll go to bed wearing Chelsea pajamas as you do. Don't have a picture of Frank Lampard above the bed as you do. Oh, I do. <laughs> um, I'll be honest. I'd I'd be pissed off if I was Chelsea Football Club and I'd gone and spent 220 million in a rebuild. And I went, went scored three goals and yet still didn't win the game. I would expect Chelsea to have enough resource about them now or enough now tactically to not concede three when they've scored three. 
you have a score in three in the Premier League, you shouldn't be losing a game, you shouldn't be drawing a game, you should be looking at a comfortable win, in my opinion. No, I agree. I couldn't agree more. That's not me slating Chelsea, but no. I would expect for the likes of obviously Thiago Silva missing is massive because he's a leader. Um, obviously, as you've alluded to there, Mendy is. He might not even be a better keeper than Kepa, but he certainly exudes more confidence in the people around him, uh, which which is massive. You know, you know, yourself, Kepa's shouldered the blame, and quite rightly so, on so many occasions. But to being able to put Mendy in there and say, right, well, that problem's gone. Obviously, everybody else around breathed a little bit easier, don't they? Um, but I would still expect Chelsea, a club of your size, to, yeah. to be able to drop a Christensen and say, just do a job today. Don't fuck up today. Or a Zoomed or... You know, Samori when he goes back in, or even like you've said it before, that's Pulaqueta. Slide him over, just slide yeah. him over to leave Reese James in there because Reese James is quality, mate. Quality, but he's not getting regular starts. He needs to be getting regular starts. Who, Reese James? Yeah, he, he is to be fair to him, but they keep rotating him in and out. The thing is, I've got our results up here for this season, right? We beat Brighton 3 1 on the opening day, and that was that was comfortable. Brighton are a good team as well. The goal, and I'm and this isn't just the goal is should be not going in. It's another strike outside the box that takes a bounce that Kepper doesn't get to. Mishandles. Well, if, mismanages, sorry. It mismanages. Um doesn't set his feet on that one. I remember that. That one that one thing, and it's a three 0 win on the opening day, and you're like, awesome. Then we play the best team in Europe, Liverpool. Hmm. I need to take that sass out of your mouth. Carry on. <laughs> we play Liverpool. And we kick the, the the first goal is what it is. We kick the ball at Mane, the goalie. Um, we get the sending off and we miss a penalty. Mm. So that's got a load of I'm trying to think of the word, like irregular occurrences. Like things you wouldn't see happen every game. We're not Kepa's not gonna always kick it. The it's forward. grouped mistakes, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it, it was three mistakes. Kicking it at their own player, a send a stupid sending off and a missed penalty, mm. all which you could have potentially walked out of a one-one draw. Yeah, but that's picking things. For all of them, don't they? West Brom's the issue because mm. we go three 0 down, but it's a great thing to see us come back from three three. But that's where you see suddenly it's like right, the keeper's been bought because Caballero played in goal for that game. He did, and it wasn't just working up front. It wasn't clicking, but we still had people missing. We still like Pulisic and Ziyech when he's come back. That was the concern. Then we go beat Palace 4-0, convincingly, on Mendy's debut. We, in between that, have gone through in the League Cup against uh, Barnsley, was it? Yeah. And then lost to Tottenham on penalties. Yeah. It is what it is. We we should have put top, We should have buried Tottenham, but it's one of those things. And then the Southampton thing, Mendy's back out, 3-3 draw. Mendy's back in against Sevilla. It's no, no, very end-to-end game. If if either side had scored, so I'm not, I'm not concerned about those. Like when I look at those results, I'm not concerned. It's not like we've lost three 0 to West Brom. It's not like we scraped the one 0 against Palace. Like when it's, and this is what I keep coming back to, when it's all out there, like the defense and they're starting to work out what the best attacking line is. Once it's all together and it's gelling, we're going to get these right four 0 against Palace. I don't think we ship three against Southampton with Mendy in goal. Hmm. I agree with what you're saying with I've told you I want this to take like not I don't want it I'd love it if we won the league this year but I've got no, no problem with like Liverpool have take your time and keep bedding it in working out who plays where creating the competition the training and whatnot and the coaching them all hmm. and I 
have faith it'll go. I don't think there'll be any worries about the pull and the trigger. And as we can see, you know, everyone's beating everyone at the moment, as we'll get to later on with the results. I mean, look like the, you know, the other result of the day is City beat Arsenal, which throws it back, you know, in our favour. United are very, very close to having a 1-1 draw with Newcastle for the last five minutes. Hmm. You go to the following day, Leicester then lose to Villa, and Spurs throw a 3-0 lead against West Ham away. Like, it's all over the shop at the moment currently. As we were said, yeah, that's what we said for the last few weeks now. Anyone could be anyone. I mean, look, I, I jokingly said I still don't see when Fulham are picking up the first point. Oh, it turns out it's against Sheffield United, who they and themselves can barely pick up a point. Mm-hmm. It's getting tied down there already, isn't it? It's getting tied down already, and I think it's getting tied down the up the top. I've just brought the table up. You're obviously top on 13, Villa a second on 12. Now, I don't mean this with any disrespect, but if you went on the like recent history, Bar Leicester, the general consensus is going to be that you two will eventually drop off. And it will, do you know what I mean? Like, that's the quote unquote public perception out there. Do you know what I mean? That it will be that, oh, eventually this will start to like, they'll lose a couple and we'll see. And Villa will drop down a bit more. Like, you know, when you West Broms, you were fourth at Christmas and stuff, and Blackpool were sixth at Christmas. I'm not saying you're going to get relegated, but I think people will expect it to. Do you just compare us to Blackpool and West Brom? Liverpool, 10. Leicester, so 9. Arsenal, respect. 9. Wolves, 9. Tottenham mate Chelsea eight. Like I'm not no, I'm not I'm really not that bothered. A lot of shit teams doing well this year. Tottenham are doing all right. <laughs> Look at West Ham seven. Leeds seven. City seven. Southampton seven. Newcastle seven. Palace seven. United six. Game in hand. Like I'm not. I'm I'm not worried. Um were there any other key fixtures this weekend you wanted to go over that have happened? I obviously just ran through them dead quick then. You did, didn't you? Um, I think it would be stupid not to talk about Spurs. Um, oh, yeah. I said, I said exactly the same about you. Spurs obviously take a 3 0 lead inside, but was it 16, 18 minutes? 16 minutes. It looked 16 stupid, minutes. Yeah. 3 0 up against West Ham, who were devoid of any real confidence or traction going into the game. And then obviously concede three goals. Now, if you look at the nature of the goals, obviously the Sanchez one, the own goal, is, is, a, is a killer blow. Uh, to concede an own goal in any game really fucking winds me up when it happens to us. Um, <laughs> but it, it sucked the wind out of them. Um, but that third goal from Lanzini, I must have watched that about 40 times this week. <laughs> he's got that in his locker, though. I don't understand why we don't see more of it or why he's not getting more minutes, to be honest. It's just a beautiful strike. I mean, the second it leaves his boot, you know it's in. Yeah, yeah. But there's no way Spurs should be should be losing the points from there. I mean, did you see the clip of Gareth Bale going through late on? Yeah. And he's on his left foot and he cuts across. The, I don't understand why the man lets him cut across anyway. But he cuts across onto his left foot, one-on-one with the keeper. His manager's standing next to him and he fluffs his lines. Yeah. And his face came back. And, and I'll be completely honest, I was happy. I was like, good, I'm glad, because I couldn't be arsed with the headlines of bail this, bail that, bail the other. <laughs> Plus, I thought West Ham played really well to get back into that game. I was made up for them, it really was, because I'm not a huge West Ham fan, and West Ham fans have been have been guilty over the years on Twitter, just trying to make a rivalry with Everton, and that was before Moyes came over. It was basically <laughs> battle of the shit houses. Um, we're above that now. I don't know oh yeah, but we're we're above all that now. We have no rivals, we have no equals. Um, but yeah, I was still happy for them. I thought, yeah, good. Because I'm not a huge fan of, of Spurs, although I am a fan of Mourinho. 
Um, but he would have been absolutely livid. And then obviously he put that social media post out this week where he was holding three balls before the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Tired, he was saying yeah. uh, three balls. This for the three goals we conceded at West Ham was it for the the two Europa Leagues? I've already won and the third one's in my hands and all that. And you're like, so what? Fair play to him. He's taken all the focus off the uh, off the players and he's making it all about him, which is what he does. Is what he's good at. Uh, it's one of his key attributes in his managing them, but. Yeah, there's there's no way that uh, no way that they should be losing from there. Or not losing sorry, but dropping three points from there, not a chance. It's it's a massive massive fuck up on their behalf. I don't know whether to blame the players or the manager or whether it was a system change. Looking at it, just looked like West Ham had a bit more about them and dug a little bit deeper. But still, I'd say it was uh, it was one of the shocks. I, I mean, yours three three, um, which was similar. In terms of shock, but I would say Spurs was more shocking because they were playing West Ham. I'd expect Southampton to put a fight up against you. I don't mean that as a disrespectful shout. I think Southampton are the best team than West Ham at the moment. But um, yeah, weird one. For me, the big one was when he took uh, and Don Belly off for Harry Winks. Mm. Um, I think Don Belly's done quite well this season. He's actually come back from the you know the depths with Jose almost. I mean, we've seen the documentary and we've seen what he was is uh, like last season anyway. But no, he seems to have come back from it, and he was—he's very important for them at both ends of the field. Yes, and yeah. they took—they took him off in the seventy-third minute, and then they also took, obviously, they took Burwine off of Bale, and they took uh, Son off for Mora. But then eighty-two, like you say, the own goal in the eighty-fifth, and then the winner eventually in the ninety-fourth. But the Tangi and Dombelli, I think, was huge. I think it changed the dynamic of the midfield for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a strange I, one because when they signed him, there was all that pressure on him, and then nothing. I mean, for, for those who have watched yeah. the All or Nothing Tottenham series, give it a go because it explains the Dunbarley di- dynamic really well. And yeah. so I'm glad to see he's, he's doing all right. To be honest, sorry, you, you were saying. No, no, I was going to say like it's. Um, I, I don't. When I say this, I, I'll explain why I don't like saying this, but it's very unJose like to ship three goals late on, let mm-hmm. alone or like any goals late on, let alone three. He's very much sharp, sharp. You know, that's the quote-unquote criticism he used to get. Mm. And then as if Chelsea fans ever gave a shit when they're like, oh, no, I think it's only a fair one, point. Only one, Ali. It's, it's well, a very fair point. It's not even a fact that he's a negative manager. He just knows how to manage a game. Yeah, it's just clever. I find ironic that, and this came up this week, as we were saying earlier in the, the who's the best centre-back debate. Someone, I can't remember who it was, I'd seen on Twitter or something, someone on one of the radio shows or something was saying... That about talking about how Terry and Ricardo Carvalho only conceded 15 goals in that season under Jose when we won the league. His first spell. That only is conceded 15, 15 yeah. goals. Only con- we only conceded 15 goals all season. Almost positive that's the record. But the the players, they like those two in check, will get the most credit for that. They'll get the credit for that. But Jose will get lambasted for it, which I always find interesting because it's the narrative that suits the media. Like, I get why. It's all like, ah, oh, Jose, boring, park the bus. But then the, when the players who actually fulfill that, oh, amazing effort by you. That's your job. And you're like, his job's to win matches. And as I've said on the show before, no Chelsea fan gives a shit about how he played. We got Premier League's and I'll lock because of that man. But I, I would not blame that on... You could potentially blame it on Jose because of the tactical change. Mm. But like uh, the same as you've said with the Chelsea, which I agree with you, I'd expect the 11 Tottenham players out on that pitch, regardless of who's on, to be able to hold a 3-0 lead for 10 more minutes. Yeah, I would myself. I think that's where I'm laying the blame more than anything. 
you inevitably look at the manager and say, well, what what changes have you made? Have you upset the balance? You know, have you took out legs? Have you have you replaced with legs? You're going to be one of runners. Are you looking to stretch and get in behind? Is that what you, are you looking to like nick another goal and put it to bed, or are you looking to shut up shop? Are you giving away yeah. space in terms of putting an extra body on? And, and you look at it that way, but yeah, you're right. Those professionals, especially with the amount of money that Tottenham has spent on players recently, they should be should have enough about them to see out a three goal lead. There was three nil up after sixteen minutes. Park the bus for the fucking next hour. No one's asked. No, Just no. Win the game. Just go and win the game. You're three nil. You've basically been given a three three nil head start. Go. You've got to defend for an hour, and they couldn't. That's no. what that bullet pointed. That's what it was. People, people do training sessions on, on stuff like this, you know. Certain coaches will say, right, okay, you're starting 1-0 down, or you're starting 2-0 down, you've only got 10 minutes left. Here's the problem. Small-sided game, let's go and solve it. And the, the work on the tactics of how to bed in from a defensive point of view and protect that all from an attacking point of view, how to draw them out to, to bring spacer into the game so you can obviously hit it. And it's it's a fantastic session. I mean, that happened on, on the level two that I took. Um, yeah. It was a guy from Prescott Cables who actually took a session based on you 2-0 down, you've got 10 minutes left, what are you going to do? And it was great, it was great to be a part of and stand there watching, thinking, yeah, this is a fantastic session. How would it be game relative? Well, you can be 2-0 down, you can only have 10 minutes left. You know, basing things on that, at that sort of level, when you get to the Premier League and you're 3-0 up after 16 minutes, that should be chopped on. But fair play to West Ham. I mean, yeah, I, fair I, play like, to them, but... I like, you can't, I mean... Still piss poor from the other shower, though. Yeah. Villa beat Leicester yeah Villa are looking very well and I, I think this is Leicester's issue where they're going to continually fall short and I know this is ironic coming from someone who's drawn with West Brom and drawn with Southampton not personally but you know what I mean Th- these are the games they have to just and this is no disrespect to Villa in the Premier League's all over the shop but these are the games that Leicester just need to go win 2-0 hmm. if they're going to c- take that step to the Champions League obviously they're in the Europa League and that, that's kicking off this week as well as the Champions League. So we'll see how that starts to affect the teams playing in Europe. Because if it's anything to go by, the teams playing in Europe are going to be in for a hell of a season. And the teams who aren't in Europe are going to be flying. Because they've got weeks off. Mm. And the way and it's going now, at the moment. Yeah, sorry, yeah. No, it's all right. They've now lost soon, aren't you, as well? For how long is it? A couple of months. A couple of months, yeah, that's yeah. huge. Yeah, that's huge. It's, it's massive, mate. Um, yeah, because he's been... He's been fantastic for them, hasn't he, since Maguire left? Yeah, rock, yeah. He's been superb, but um, yeah, it's an awkward one, isn't it? Yeah. I'll tell you what, speaking of, speaking of Maguire, um, fair play to him, grabbing a goal for United against Newcastle on the weekend. Well, I said last time out, didn't I? I would have personally given him a break. Didn't. Um, he went in and he scored, so I'll just hang my microphone up now. No, because no, because I think I think you were I think you were right in a sense of I could see the angle you were coming from. Um, Just trying to protect them, isn't it? Someone brought up a, a show I was listening to brought up when Terry was going through some stuff, and it's a different and they they even said it's a different kind of stuff. Mm. But you know, like when he was in the public limelight, as it would yeah. as you'd put it, I think it was like we when we played Burnley away and we won one nil and he scored, yeah. and you're like stand up, just just stand up and you know. And I know they won 4-1 in the end, but he's, he has done that. He's gone away to Newcastle. Fans or no fans, there's not an easy place to go. And he's, you know, he's helped them get a 4-1 win, which is a very important win for them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Eight more points. Uh, Monday finished with uh, Wall beating Leeds 1-0. Uh, 
in the dying minutes. And uh, for £15, you could have watched West Brom draw nil nil with Burnley. Said this last week, though, didn't we? <laughs> didn't we? Who's going to pay to watch the likes of West Brom against Burnley? I mean, obviously, West Brom and Burnley fans might do, but surely it's the best thing to do with £15 in the current economy. Do you know what I mean? Christ almighty. Can't think of anything worse. Really it's just well, that's that's the take. Well, let's look through the ones that you would have had to have paid fifteen pound for this weekend. Were the three three Chelsea Southampton, the four one Man United Newcastle, the one nil Villa against Leicester, the one one draw between United Sheffield United and Fulham, and then the nil nil between West Brom and Burnley. Mm. Some they're important exactly, games in there. Yeah, but they're not exactly games, great but... fixtures, Hardy. Do you know what I mean? They're not. They're not the kind of fixtures where you set up and they go, "Well, oh, that that's a tasty one." I don't think they could have. I don't think they'd be allowed to get away with throwing like, like for argument's sakes. If we go back to the Super Sunday, where suddenly you've got the Merseyside derby and the Manchester derby, there's yeah. no way they'd get away with putting the Manchester derby as fifteen quid after your game. No, no, they'd, they'd be absolute murder. murder. So yeah, so that's not gonna happen. So. Do you want to move on to sort of our talking point and then we'll we'll wrap up? Yeah. As we predicted, the Project Big Six was conveniently pushed aside very quickly to bring up the European Premier League. Someone's throwing the toys out the pram, haven't they? Yep. It's as if that no vote was a really quick thing. Oh, look, no, right, well, we warned you, you know. So for those who are unaware, Liverpool and Manchester United obviously put project big picture forward um, mm-hmm. last week and basically asked the Premier League to reform and give the top six, the self-appointed top six, by the way, um, all the power in the world to dictate who gets bought out and what money gets divvied where, but dangling carrots, if you listen to the last show about, oh, well, we'll give the EFL money, you know, we'll prop them up and we'll do it immediately, just sign over everything you've got now, uh, sign your soul of your club over and almost part ownership of it, to the top six, and uh, we'll give somebody to the uh, the poorer clubs, and we'll we'll help prop them up. Resoundly voted no. Um, Liverpool and United within a week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah within yeah, a week. Literally, yeah. I've now gone. All oh, right, okay. Well, that's off the table. So we tried to help the UK, and we tried to help English football. And you didn't want us, so we're now going to go and have conversations about joining a European Super League. See ya. And I don't think anyone should be surprised. No, I'm not surprised that. Let down? No, not really. No, they're both clubs that are run by foreign owners who run successful businesses overseas, um, who are in it to make money. They're not in it to, as we said, you know, we we've spoken about before on this show, and you've spoken quite passionately about in the past of, of how Romans come in, but Roman has bought into the community. Um, yeah. obviously during the time of the pandemic when he opened Stamford Bridge and said, right, the NHS can have that. You know, yeah. that, that's yours. Do what you want with it. You need it more than me. Um, you've got John Henry and FSG, who obviously own Liverpool, and you've got the Glazers, who own um, Manchester United. And they're obviously just in it to make money. Everything's about money to them. Everything yeah. is about money. And they are now looking, thinking, right, OK, well, how, we, how can we get more money out of people's pockets? How can we get more money so that we can go and pay 280 grand to the next player? Oh, I know, we'll have to join this European Super League with other... European quote unquote elite clubs, um, which by the way I think United have got a cheek and um, to, to even put themselves in the same bracket as of, as of the last ten years. I was going to say they're not the only one, but yeah, we'll get to that. 
don't know, no, but still, you know, over the last 10 years, United have been absolutely dog shit, let's be honest, scraping into Europe, not really challenging for much. Um, Jose got them the Europa League, was it? Jose got Jose. them the Europa League and obviously got them the second place, which is his greatest ever achievement, which we all laughed at at the time. Well, it wasn't at the Paddy Power, have you, really, at that one? Yeah. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> he's, got, he's got it framed, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> second second place, my greatest ever achievement. Oh. But yeah, the European Super League is back on the table and it looks like it's got some legs. Um, I personally would say to Liverpool and United, yeah, see you later, go now, take them out the league and promote two teams up, yeah. Happy days, see you later. Not really interested in self-funded Tory clubs. You only think about more money, more money, more money, more money. They're not interested in the English game, obviously. Okay. Otherwise, they wouldn't be talking about European Super League. They're not interested in their history or heritage of their fans. Otherwise, they wouldn't be talking about the European Super League. You want to be known as the best club in England? You want to call yourself the biggest, most successful team in England? Be in England. Yeah. If they left, it stripped them of all the titles. I think, well, yeah. Scratch beneath the surface and the bitterness runs blue. <laughs> for those of you who don't know here's the key points that this European Premier League would involve so like you said Liverpool Man United so it's FIFA backed apparently however at the time of recording Thursday uh, Gianni Infantino the president of FIFA when asked about it today has um, removed himself quite sternly gone nope not interested not for me got no idea nope so he's either bullshitting or it's someone else in FIFA they're talking to, so I don't know. Or Liverpool, Man United have leaked this. This we'll get to this in my my thoughts about it. So apparently Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, and Tottenham, so the rest of the big six, have been approached. But as many as five of the English clubs will be allowed to join, and not six. So one of them would miss out. I think it's super, by the way, that they've gone to the big six, this this self-affirmed big six. Oh, we, we run everything yeah. in the UK, you know, it's, it's all us. English football doesn't happen without us. And then they've gone, yeah, yeah, brilliant, yeah. Give us all your ideas. Uh, yeah, one of you is going to have to go because five will turn quite easily on Tottenham. Did they say that out loud? We'll turn quite easily <laughs> on Tottenham and go, you're not really part of this because you don't have a Premier League, so off your boat. I would love nothing more then if this was going ahead, Abramovich and the Chelsea board turned around and went, we'll be the one that stays. Don't even worry about it. Don't, don't even worry about it. Go on. You five go. We'll stay here. I, I'd love nothing more. You'd piss the league most years. Honestly, yeah, right. I get what you're saying. But it's not even about that because then that would just bore the shit out of me because then it's just like the SPL and no disrespect. But then it's just suddenly like, oh, we win it every year. I've got no interest in that either, but I would rather fight against yourselves and Leicester and Newcastle and Wolves for the Premier League than piss about in this league. Anyway, more than a dozen teams from England, France, Germany, Italy and Spain are said to be in negotiations. The format, so this is where it gets interesting. The format would comprise up to 18 teams with home and away fixtures played during the regular European season. Hmm. Because later down in the points, it says the tournament could usurp the Champions League. So from what I've taken from this is, it's not we leave the Premier League. It's we leave all of European football. It just means we leave the Champions League. So we're not playing in the Champions League. So say say Chelsea left. Chelsea would play Southampton on Saturday in the Premier League. And then we would play AC Milan on Wednesday in the European Premier League. Right. That's how I've, I've seen it. Because then at the end of the season quote-unquote the 18 games home and away the top placed teams would play in a knockout tournament so you can tell this is coming from an american ownership idea 
because it's basically like the playoffs in basketball yeah. and the uh, the NFL, etc. So you can see where this is coming from. Provisional start date as early as 2022. Just throw it in the World Cup year, why don't you? <laughs> this is the best bit. Uh, Wall Street Bank JP Morgan in talks to provide the £4.6 billion in funding. Guess who used to be an investment banker at JP Morgan? Go on. Ed Woodward. So <laughs> brilliant. Uh, that was... Um, the Sky Sports <clears throat> article. Um, Brian Swanson, he like done a load of things, and he's yeah. like, "Guess who used to be there?" And I was like, "Brilliant!" It just all fits together so lovely, doesn't it? So you pick apart these points with me. The the format, first of all, in terms of it doesn't seem like it's leaving the Premier League. However, you would see it as ultimately ending up leaving the Premier League. That's how I look at it. Well, you're playing the Champions League now, don't you? In the Europa League now, so you lose yeah. six teams every week to that competition. So there's no real yes. difference there. Um, no. But the priorities would be different because who would yeah. who would play their best team on a Sunday again? Let's say Liverpool are playing a Sunday against West Brom away, yeah. and they're like, right, we've got to go and play West Brom. The tall physical side, you know, they might leave a boot in. We've got a Inter Milan on Wednesday away yeah. to San Siro. Yeah. That's going to be a tough game. Inter Milan are flying. Um, winner goes into the playoffs. You know, there's X amount of money at the end of this. Send the reserves. Send the reserves in the Premier League, and it'll start diluting the quality. So if they're gonna go and be part of this, just go. Just be out of it. If that is the structure, because there doesn't say there's nothing in any of these articles I've read about leaving yet. I think it turns the Premier League into the, with no disrespect, the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup. What the big teams treat it that those competitions like now, where they play the kids or they play the backup goalie or whatever. Yeah. As you've just pointed out there, I think that happens. I also. The prize money would be bigger in the the mm. uh, European Premier League, as yeah. they've called it, because of the £4.6 billion pound, um, investment into it, which, by the way, we can't even scrape together £250 million pound to save the lower league clubs at the moment, but by all means, talk about £4.6 billion pounds in the middle of a pandemic. As a result of the bigger teams in the Premier League taking the foot off the gas, it might make the Premier League more competitive in the sense of the likes of yourselves, Wolves, Leicester's the way Villa are playing at the moment would be taking obviously this way more seriously not not more seriously I guess just as seriously as they have but if the upper teams are taking it less seriously Mm. it would give you more chance to win it and perform better my big concern is how you you can't get into it you can't I don't see how you get into the Europe say you say you finish in the top four or you win the Premier League Mm. under this format I don't see how you get into the European Premier League because what if one of the top, what if one of the five English teams doesn't finish in the bottom, whatever of the European Premier League? It's just 18 fit teams. We're always in it. We always get the prize money. That's how it'll work out. That's we exactly spoke what it's going to be here. Yeah. yeah, we spoke about this weeks and months ago when we did a, an episode on the European Super League because we had a feeling COVID might spark something. Yeah. We, I, I again, though, think. This is just another posturing exercise. I think it's a posturing and I think it's a threat exercise to come back and renegotiate big picture again. It wouldn't surprise me. So, because like I like we said last week, they spoke about big picture. Then suddenly they turned around and they voted against their own plan. Yeah. And then, which is weird. Like three days later, it gets quote unquote leaked or it gets found out that they've been talking to FIFA. I think someone has told someone about it. Mm-hmm. 
and got the story out there. One yeah. of the two, one of the two camps has leaked it. it there, there's no way all this is leaking this quickly, or someone on the inside of these clubs doesn't like what's going on and is leaking it. Do you know what I mean? To try and stop it. Yeah. It's one of the two. It, it's getting leaked by someone trying to stop it or that wants it to go out there. But I think they're going to go back to the Premier League and go, well, we're looking at this now. But, you know, we wouldn't be looking at this if maybe, uh, you know, some of these points could come into play in yeah. Project Big Picture. And then the Premier League is out there going, right, we either lose them all, potentially, or we just bow to them. And honestly, I I would love nothing more if the Premier League just went right. Fuck off then. Bye. But they're not going to do that because of the financial repercussions it would be massive. Because the Premier League, as 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 much as it frustrates me to say, if the big six slash five left globally, the Premier League loses a lot of its um appeal. Obviously, yeah. yourself, Everton, nothing, <clears throat> but. All the global fans that have been brought in will go like when we've we've discussed about how fans will follow Ronaldo or follow Neymar. Fans will just follow Manchester United, obviously. Wherever they support Man United around the world, we'll just follow them to this league. The Premier League loses a lot of advertising because all the advertisement goes over there. So yeah. I think this ultimately I think ultimately ends with them bowing to the threat of the European Super League to accept some form of the big picture. Maybe not as it's laid out now, but some something that gives them a bit more of the share, the Premier League. Yeah, shoulder showing, isn't it? All of it's garbage. And I'd love nothing more than if one of the big big players, and not just necessarily Abramovich, but if one of the other ones, City, Arsenal, uh, Tottenham, whatever, came out and went, we're not interested. None of them are going to, because you're not going to put yourself in that position until you have to. They won't want to lose that amount of finance. That's the problem. I mean, they'll look at it and think, well, if Liverpool and United go... And say we say the others say no and think the others and go, no, no, we're proud of just clubs, we stay here, this is us. And then they go, right, okay. We need another three. So let's say, for example, they look down the league and go, we'll take a Wolves, we'll take an Everton, we'll take a Leicester. And then all of a sudden we go into this Super League and we get all this cash. And after five years, we're doing really well and we're we're getting all the better players. And the better players yeah. want to play in the European Super League, they don't want to play in the Premier League. Yeah. And then we end up surpassing them, and then we think, yeah. oh, well, you know, one day we'll come back to the Premier League, we come back as a juggernaut, they'll be fuming. They don't want to miss out. Do you know what I think is going to happen as well? There was another thing where Brian Swanson was saying, apparently, UEFA are, U, oh, well, UEFA are apparently fully against this, mm. because they will see that... The well, it Champions goes against League, the Champions League, doesn't it? Champions yeah. League, because it seems like they would, you know, replace that. Uh, I read something where there might be a threat of, well, if any of you go to this, you'll play it. You players that go aren't allowed to play in the European Championships, Ooh, the international teams, holding that over them by going, well, if you can't, if you don't want to play in that tournament, you're not playing in that one either. Fair so enough. the players are going to go, mm, if I go there, I can't. So then suddenly you're basically turning that into the retirement ground, aren't you? Mm. You're turning that into like what the MLS and China are now, because they're only going to go there when they're not going to play nationally anymore. Yeah. Also, the UEFA Champions League's format will be revamped from 2024. I would not surprise me if, come that revamp, five teams in the Premier League get into the Champions League straight away. We get a fifth place. Ergo taken away from the need for five to leave for European football. Yeah, because at the moment it's four. It used to be three. Well, it used to be less, but it was three for a long time. Then it was four. Then it was four, but fourth has to qualify. And then it just became the four are flat out in from England, the four are flat out in from Spain. Three in Italy, is it? It might be four now. Three in Germany, etc. Uh, three in France. Someone 
as a result of the third competition coming in, the Conference League, mm. someone will lose their Champions League spot for finishing first and they'll become a Europa League spot and their second spot will become a conference spot and the Ch- England will get a fifth one. And it'd be like, don't even worry about it, guys. Five of you are getting in. Mm. Pathetic, isn't it? And this is all and because they- our league's got more competitive over the years in terms of it was always the usual top two or three. And then it was always United, Arsenal and Liverpool. Then Chelsea crashed the party. Then obviously Arsenal fell away a little bit, United fell away a little bit, Tottenham have started chipping up there, Leicester have obviously been up there, Wolves have started pushing up there, and all of a sudden you've gone from this top three that was always there to a top six, seven, maybe eight. So everyone's gone, well, I'm not happy being part of a top eight, I want to be part of the top three, well, you fucking can't. It's entitlement. Everyone thinks they're entitled to be where they are. Just think about then, it's quite simple to just stop all this. It's very simple. All you need is people with a bit of backbone, a bit of like, you know, defiance i guess is the word i'm looking for from the top in fifa and uefa and then the premier league all going no no it's not happening you're not just you're not just breaking away no no from fifa no from uefa no from the premier league button it and get on with it mm. and there's nothing they can do it's job done then isn't it what are they going to do form that what are they going to form their own governing body I mean, then you're just getting a bit like, I mean, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they did. I've even saying it, I was sat there thinking, well, it wouldn't surprise me if it came out next Monday. It's very simple. It's just greed. It is greed, unfortunately. It's very quick. It comes back to greed. It's all it is. It's all just, it is. When it makes just, the work around me. But again, I said this last week, I don't know why anyone is surprised because like we say, you've, you've touched on it. Billionaire American owns Liverpool. Billionaire Americans own United. A Sheik owns City. An oligarch owns Chelsea. Your, your guy in now, Mashiri. The lads at Leicester. Wolves are backed by the Chinese. It's just who's trying to be the greediest. And at the moment, unfortunately, it's Man United and um, Liverpool looking like the greedy ones. Sorry, clubs, mate. But like you said, it's the absolute audacity of United to come out and be like, yeah, one of the top six, and you're like, you've been bang average for a best part of a decade. Yeah, not a decade. I'd say about well, yeah, best part of a decade now. He actually is, isn't it? Over eight years since he left. Mm. Fergie, crazy to think. Tottenham, one good season. One good six. season. Got to a Champions That's... League final. Finished second in the. Two. Sorry, finished third in a two-horse race. I'd, yeah, two good seasons. It's not good it's, enough to it's consider just, it's yourself just, to be a, a, an established Premier League powerhouse. You know, if you take Harry Kane out of their team, then they're never getting anywhere near it. I get what you mean. I, I, it's just greed, and I, I actually don't think it'll happen this European Super League. But I think it's being dangled around as the threat to get some form of project big picture over the line. Does seem that way, doesn't it? Just the gone, time and all off, isn't it? I, I, well, exactly. Especially this sort of pissed everyone off anyway. But the fact that they're doing it now just proves how they're playing the they are. they're playing the desperation of those that need the money, their own advantage. And again, I don't think you become a billionaire without pissing a few people off and taking advantage of a few situations to your own. I genuinely don't think you do. Yeah, but they're running football clubs that are but, that are owned by them, but they don't really own them. They just they're just holding the keys. Yeah, we've said this. They like they rent it, but we've said this. They don't look. Arsenal are always the prime example for me because if Stan Kroenke Stan Kroenke bought a business, 
that is self-sufficient he makes money off it without having to put anything in he'd almost be a stupid businessman if he put money in mm. he doesn't care about the football it's a it's an asset to him that makes him money and he doesn't actually have to do anything to it it'd be like telling anyone on the street you can buy this cake shop here you don't actually have to do anything to it and it's going to give you two grand a month you'd go what all right okay sound yeah i don't have to do anything no you have to put anything in you don't have to do anything but it's going to give you a couple of grand a month extra in your bank. You'd go, yeah, sound. People would think you're an idiot if you put money in. Just leave it alone. It's fine. That's what it is. And that's what it, Man United take off the debt. Liverpool have now built up this, glo- they've re- sorry, rebuilt this global brand because it was obviously a massive, but they've reestablished it as one of the top teams. Now they're reaping the rewards. They haven't said a peep in recent years. They've owned them for five. Mm-hmm. They've won yeah. a Premier League and a Champions League and now let's go. How convenient. Like, I know it's been discussed for three years, but they've been in th- two finals, won one of them, and won a Premier League in three years. So they let it bed in for a bit before they started piping up. You know, it's not like they bought United and then gone, right, we're off. Sorry, bought Liverpool and gone, right, we're off. I agree. It's not... It's, it's business for them. This isn't about football. And this is the problem. This I is understand the business. I understand business is inevitable, and it has to make money, and it has to sustain, and there has to be pennies counted. I get that. I do. I genuinely do. I just don't like it. No, I don't think anyone does. I don't think anyone does. Except I'd, I'd be very interested to speak to people within the structure of Manchester United and within the structure of Liverpool that aren't Fenway Sports Group and the Glaciers and Ed Woodward, etc. You know, like you'd want to speak to them off the record and be like, "What are your thoughts on this?" Yeah, where do you watch your what, what, what are you wanting? This is this is this really what you want for this club? You know, people have been there for years and are deep in. Obviously, you've seen like Jamie Carragher tweeting, "Oh fuck off," and Gary Neville's fully yeah. against it. You know, like we have always said, and that you hit on the nail on the head last week. These are the people that are. This is their club mm-hmm. more than anyone else's, and then the fans. You know, well, sorry, the fans and the former players, legends of the clubs. You know, for argument's sakes. But yeah, I don't know. I ultimately don't think it'll happen, but I think some sort of project, big picture, will as a result. Yeah, there's some sort of restructuring coming. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think whether whether I, we like it or not. No, yeah. Well, I think that's an irrelevance, isn't it? What anyone thinks, any yeah, fan, the fans, wants, the fans aren't going to get a fucking say in this. We're going to get five. Well, we're going to get five teams in the Champions League. I think eventually, and everyone will love that because. I'm not going to sit there and lie. If Chelsea only have to get top five to get in there now, I'm not going to complain. And I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, well, I don't want us keep us in the top four. I just, it's inevitably going to happen. And some random European country is going to lose their spot, which is a shame because it rips that away from them for just no apparent reason other than greed. And like you said, I just hope this control, I hope the power doesn't go to the big six, the big nine, as it was put to it, wasn't it? The votes, you know, the votes and the the yeah. decisions on the ownerships and the funds. I hope that doesn't, but just they're going to get pandered to one way or the other. Mm, doesn't sit right. I don't know. At all. Ending on a bum note there. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Football's <laughs> dying, everyone. <laughs> Enjoy it while oh, it lasts. You'd have been great on the Titanic, you. Christ. Christ. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Right. You're on your fixtures for this weekend? I do, I do, I do. Uh, if you listen to this 
when it went out tonight, you've got Villa v Leeds at eight o'clock. Um, you got to pay for that though, so that's fifteen quid. So enjoy that. Um, the free football starts Saturday. You've got West Ham against Man City at half twelve mm. on BT. Um, oh, did you want to do a prediction? Well, we, we usually do. We usually yeah, do. Just off you went. So Friday, carry on. Right, Villa leads. Um, Villa two 0 One one. Um. Do you know what I've got to do? I've got to start writing these down so we can then review them because I feel like we just offhandedly say shit and then never, like... We're never culpable for it, are we, then? Actually, no, that's us all over. We'll carry on. <laughs> uh, West Ham, Man City. Um, Man City, 3-1. 2-1, Man City. That's on BT Sport. Right, then you've got to pay £15 to watch Fulham v Crystal Palace on BT. Oh, uh, no, no. 2-2 Palace. 2-2 Palace? 2-0 two, two Palace. 2-2 two, two Palace? Fantastic. Excuse me, 2-0 Palace. Um, then you've got biggest game of the weekend, Man United Chelsea on Sky. Yeah, Man United four 0 I couldn't deal with that again. <laughs> <laughs> I really couldn't. Um, I'm gonna go one one. I'm gonna go two one Chelsea. Out of hope more than anything, carry on. But Mendy's back, will be fine. Um, oh, then I changed my answer six now. Mendy. Um... <laughs> You've got to pay £15 to watch Liverpool play Sheffield United. Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Two oh, sorry for the results. 1-1. Um, 1-1, one, one. One, one. no veg. Rian Brewster. <laughs> Rian Brewster with, a, with an overhead kick. Yeah, from the halfway line. 2-0 uh, Liverpool. Sunday, yourself, Everton against Everton on Sky. Yeah. What time yeah. kick off? Uh, t- two o'clock. Perfect. Everton two one. Yeah, I'm gonna go two one as well. Uh, Wolves Newcastle straight after on Sky. Oh, Newcastle one nil. Be a scrappy game there. It will be a scrappy game. One one. Okay. Uh, Arsenal Leicester is on box office. No nil. Fifteen quid. No nil. Uh, you just want every box office like I do as well. We just want every box office game to be no no uh, no no. No, I just I think they'll cancel each other out. I think yeah. it'll be no no. Um, two-two. Monday to round out the week, we got two games. Uh, Brighton v West Brom is on box office. Who the fuck is paying for that? Two-nil Brighton. Oh, nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Burnley Spurs on Sky. Oh, then Spurs three-one. No three-nil. Spurs will roll them. I think they will. I think they will. Yeah. Uh, three-one. Too much about them. Obviously, speaking of Brighton then, did you enjoy the M23 derby last weekend? I know we touched on it last week. It was, this, is, um, this is why we don't talk recreationally anymore. 1-1 one, one in the end, a late, late winner. Late winner, equaliser. Christ, I'm all over the shop tonight. It's all the paint fumes, mate. Gone to my head. Been wearing a mask while I've done some of the walls, you know. Did you mess them? Keep, keep some sanity, you know. Christ. You know, your own. This is a, this is your only fun. Get high off the fumes, man. <laughs> Get high off the fumes is the only time you don't have to wear a mask. Exactly. Yeah. Right. In. right. That's the weekend rounded up. Enjoy it while it lasts, everyone. You know, soon it'll be nothing. Christ. One note again. Thanks everyone for listening once again. Two men rambling on Twitter. Two men rambling at gmail.com. Podcast goes out every week. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as everywhere else. Um, I've got internet again, so I might start doing clips again soon. Um, but we'll see. You don't watch them anyway. Oh. I mean, I wouldn't expect you to, because you are in them. I've done it wasn't the a dick. It wasn't a dick. It was a statement.
Fair enough. Anything you'd like to say? No, thanks for thanks for listening in. Appreciate it. As ever. Everything's be unbeaten by the time we speak again? Yeah. Oh. I hope you know we're gonna phone you tomorrow, don't you? Just to reaffirm that. Bye. Oh, you mean on the podcast, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Why are you the way you are, yeah? Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>